Welcome back to The Federal Drive with Tom Temin here on Federal News Network. They do go up a little, they go down a little, but they never really go away. Last year, federal improper payments looked to be up a little, $175 billion. In its annual look under this rock, the Government Accountability Office found that agencies, the ones that have mitigation programs in place, don't measure how effective they are. For the latest, the GAO's Director of Financial Management and Assurance Issues, Beryl Davis. Barry, good to have you back. Good to be back. And so you found that there are some of the CFO Act agencies that are supposed to have controls in place for this uh, improper payment issue have them, but apparently they're not effective because the uh, level's about where it was the last number of years. Tell us more. Our review was looking at these uh, root causes. I'll start with a root cause because you need to know what your root cause is in order to develop a corrective action plan. And then once you develop your corrective action plan, you need to know whether that's effective. Is it doing the job? Are you actually reducing improper payments? And while we found in general that agencies were doing a good job of identifying the root causes, and in many cases, in fact, most cases, they were also linking their root causes to their corrective action plans. Unfortunately, we found that when it came to the point of, of looking at those corrective action plans for their effectiveness, monitoring the progress of those plans, that the agencies were having some issues there, difficulties in doing that. Got it. And let's uh, put some some more detail onto these numbers. $175 billion doesn't mean that's how much is going out the door, never to be seen again. A lot of this is the intergovernmental transfers that seem to pop up and occur on a regular basis that they have trouble reconciling. Well, the $175 billion is, is comprised of a number of components. Um, a large portion of a very large portion has to do with overpayments. Some actually has to do with underpayments. But then also there's a large category that we call insufficient documentation. In other words, the agency doesn't know whether the payment was correct, whether it went to the right person, whether it was for the right amount, et cetera. But the amount has gone up. It, you know, As you point out, it, it's gone up about $24 billion from the prior year. So it is a concern to us. In fact, if you look at the total amount of government-wide improper payments that have been estimated over the years. I'm going to go start with 2003, which is the year that um, agencies first started really reporting these numbers in in mass. Those numbers have now gone, the total of those um, numbers, it cumulatively is about $1.7 trillion. So over time, if you add the numbers up, the total number is pretty significant. Sure. And for the most recent period of the 175, how much is actually overpayments? I'm going to say about uh, 45%, but remember, that does not include another perhaps 40-some-odd percent of insufficient documentation issues, which could be improper payments, and we don't know for sure. Got it. Okay. And you mentioned in the report that two agencies do have the right controls and the right measurements in place, and tell us about them. There was really one agency, Tom, that that we found really was doing a good job um, of determining whether or not their corrective action plans were sufficient, and, and that was VA. And, and for that reason, we had no recommendations toward that agency. You know, most of the other agencies had issues either in developing completion dates or determining, you know, identifying completion dates when their plan should be completed or effective, and, and then, of course, monitoring the effectiveness of those plans. Got it. All right. And uh, of the overpayments that we do know about, what I guess that's mostly it tends to be Medicare, Medicaid, I think, is the uh, biggest uh, sinner in that particular case. 
What about correct? Correct. Yeah. No, you're absolutely correct. Um, Medicaid totaled about fifty-seven billion dollars this year, which was a significant, more than twenty billion dollar increase over the prior prior year. Medicare now, which is comprised of three programs, reported a total of about forty-six billion, and then the Earned Income Tax Credit, which is not too far behind totaled um, more than $17 billion. So those are, are the primary areas of improper payments, although it is a government-wide issue. We're speaking with Beryl Davis. She is the Director of Financial Management and Assurance Issues at the Government Accountability Office. And what would controls look like? Does it start with the CFO function? Well, it starts with the CFO function, those who are responsible for payment integrity. And, and if I can put this at the, at the highest level, federal agencies, employees have a responsibility to ensure that the taxpayers' dollars are properly and appropriately spent. And it, and it does start at the area where the financial transactions occur. But there, there are d- several processes, too, that an agency needs to go through in that CFO Act area. And the first one has to do with risk assessment. If you don't have a good quality risk assessment, you're not even going to know whether you're susceptible to significant improper payments. And of course, if, you're, if you don't think you're susceptible, if you think you're at low risk, when in fact you're not, you may not even be reporting improper payments. And of course, reporting is really kind of the point at which or the catalyst for causing you to develop your corrective action plans and reducing improper payments. All right. So you have a number of recommendations this year, and I'm looking at the chart of, you know, whether they had planned completion dates, did they annually monitor progress? And people sort of are, but do they annually measure effectiveness? They mostly don't for the varieties of types of improper payments that you spelled out before, Pell Grant earned income tax credit. So what uh, what are your recommendations? I guess they would I'm guessing they cover the measuring of, of effectiveness. Primarily, Tom, that's correct. They're they're primarily looking at whether the agencies, for example, are establishing plan completion dates uh, for their plans, whether they're they have a monitoring uh, system in pl- place, processes in place to monitor the progress, and then you know finally, are they determining effectiveness and are they communicating this effectiveness to their to their stakeholders, their internal stakeholders? Now we did find that as far as the corrective action plans go, they were communicating those plans. Overall, all the agencies were communicating those plans internally. However, they were not communicating the effectiveness internally. And of course, the effectiveness is key to reducing improper payments in the first, you know, and preventing payments from happening that are improper in the first place. And the ones that get three X's for establishing plan completion dates, monitoring progress annually, and so on, are old age survivors, disability insurance, and supplemental security income. So that sounds like CMS and Social Security to me, where we know that there's overpayment. Correct. Correct. Now, now, just just to be um, to be clear, although we report estimated improper payments in all of the programs we looked at, let me point that out. We looked at six agencies and eight programs, and all of the eight programs had improper payments over a billion dollars this past year, or actually in twenty uh, the, the year that we did the study. So we were looking at those which we thought were worthy of attention. And then when when as you noted, we the, the programs that we looked at, I'll just um, let you know who they which ones they are, Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, uh, the Direct Loan Program, Pell Grant Program, Children's Health Insurance Program, Earned Income Tax Credit Program, Prosthetic and um, Sensory AIDS Program, that was in VA, and then the Old Age Survivors and Disability Insurance Program in SSA, and the Supplemental Security Income Program in SSA. So we can throw VA and USDA in there. So they generally went along with your findings, though, correct? 
That's correct, Tom. The only agency that had a question and really did not concur with our findings was HHS, and that had to do with the CHIP program. They felt that because CHIP is quite unique, you know, we're relying to some extent on the uh, the states uh, to help us in, in implementing payment integrity there. They felt because the program was somewhat unique, it was perhaps operationally difficult to implement our recommendation. All right. So are you optimistic on this particular issue? Well, you know, I am optimistic because I, I think that in the first, our first two audit objectives were, looked, were to look, first of all, if they had good root causes, identified the root causes, and we found that agencies are, are doing that. Secondly, we wanted to see if they were linking those root causes to the corrective action plans, and we found that all agencies were doing that except for Treasury, and Treasury, again, the issue was the earned income tax tax credit program. And, and the data that they were using was um, dated back to 2006, 2008. So there was an issue there. There was an issue in USDA because their program, the program that they were looking at, SNAP program, was, uh, again, one of those um, federal state partnerships where they were relying on the states. So with, with, the, with those exceptions, though, we found that the agencies were, in fact, linking their root causes to their corrective action plans. Where the agencies really need to step it up is in the last area, and that is taking their, their corrective action plans, monitoring them and ensuring that, in fact, yes, they are reducing improper payments. Beryl Davis is Director of Financial Management and Assurance Issues at the Government Accountability Office. As always, thanks so much. Thank you, Tom. We'll post this interview and a link to her report at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on your schedule. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. Stay up to date on your agency's latest responses to coronavirus. Visit our special resources page at federalnewsnetwork.com. Still to come on Federal News Network, insider trading is verboten, especially if you're a member of Congress or a federal agency making the rules. It's The Federal Drive with Tom Temin here on Federal News Network. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.